TBCC episode 78, my realization of the day. As a big fan of Jim Carrey, aka Jimmy Cakes, because he makes it a point to show off his big old booty in every film, I was very disappointed in the lack of ass in this very suggestively queer film. Well, I guess I'll have to watch I Love You Philip Morris after this. But for now, take a hit and pass that spooky shit. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, a podcast very high on horror movies. I am your host, Mr. Devon Taylor. Sitting across from me, I have my co-host, Mr. Garrett McDowell. Hello, hello. You just reminded me of I Love You, Philip Morris, which I forgot was a movie until just now. I've just, I think I've just in my whole life thought it was like one of those like fake Tropic Thunder movies, you know, where they like show the trailers for the fake movies that, that cause that seems like one of it's those actually movies. really good. It's I've never seen it, but, uh, you should watch it. It's I actually, should make a time to, uh, to watch it. Yeah. I it, think it came out when a time where it was in an awkward time. It yeah, came out like 2014. Like yeah. neither one of them were really doing anything. Not him really. or Neil McGregor. Yeah. And, um, it was like that and Mr. Popper's penguins. <laughs> it, 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 it was like that. And also another one that like, people think is like a fake movie but it's totally real is um the uh the incredible uh burt wonderstone oh god him and steve carell and jim carrey plays like the chris angel yeah uh, one of the of the two of them yeah um it's a it's actually a pretty small part but it's actually it's really funny mm-hmm. um the the movie itself is kind of fine that era was full of a lot of movie characters that were just the chris angel one because i just watched fright night the colin farrell one. Oh yeah and that also has mm-hmm. like a chris angel kind of uh archetyped in that movie so uh chris angel i hope he's getting those royalties for those parodies <laughs> i'm sure he is i uh chris angel came to my college <laughs> my my freshman year summer Hell yeah summer my <laughs> summer of my freshman year um because we were back home already for the summer but yeah. then uh he oh, was you filming. missed him no okay we, so <laughs> quick story <laughs> i love this uh tangent to open the show so we um we were in line for um we were seeing a wall nation okay in concert that's a very also, dated reference <laughs> also very dated reference so yes it was 2013 yes um we were seeing a wall nation we're in line and then i'm like scrolling on my phone i go oh shit they're filming an uh an episode of mind freak at at the college tomorrow sick and then so we were all like it was like me and two of my buddies and we're like you want to go and we're like should we just like and i'm like do you have work tomorrow and every everybody had work and while we were in line for the concert we got our shifts covered uh, like all three of us got our shifts covered and then we're like all right see you guys in the morning and then we like booked it out like the next wow. morning and drove three hours to go uh, beyond an episode of Mind Freak. You drove three. I thought it was just like, oh, he's on this other side of the campus. No, 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 no. No, you had to travel. No, we were back home. 
Yeah, we were back okay. home, so it was three hours. Okay. So we and we and we were in Did, an episode of Mind Freak. So uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, <laughs> when you asked people to cover your shift, did you tell them that you were trying to be on an episode of Mind Freak, or were no. you like, oh, family emergency, or I've no. got to take my dog to? It the was vet. emergencies. Okay, <laughs> which it was. It was Chris Angel. Well, it was it was emergencies, <laughs> and it was also okay. Time to cash in favors. We haven't yes uh received yet like from hey you remember why i covered your ass that one time yeah. you owe me co-workers so. that don't work that don't you know keep track of those scum of the, the worst earth. the scum of the earth the also worst. you say you were in the episode were you just like a background like yeah chris or were you like hung up by we're, hooks we're, or something no you know? oh, no man. we were we were in the crowd a few people did get like pulled off to the side to like do the you know the 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 cutaway stuff while he prepares for the big one but oh, we yeah. were in the crowd for the big for the big trick, which was he made three elephants disappear. How was that? I mean, I don't know how he did. <laughs> Dang, that's cool. Yeah, I I do sometimes. Like I know people rag on Chris Angel, but I also sometimes think he is one of those guys that legit sold his soul and like just, has some like an actual has some magician and is an actual magician. <laughs> he's like, a wizard. Because <laughs> I was there and. Those elephants did disappear, and I don't know what happened. Man, we should do an entire Chris Angel episode. That, that'll be my theme for my birthday. Oh, I would, <laughs> I would love to do a whole Chris Angel one, but we're not talking Chris Angel today, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, this is our second week of could be horror month, um, where we're talking movies that are explicitly not horror movies, but could be with a mm-hmm. few tweaks, or um, you know, whether it is filmmaking techniques that we see in the movie or themes or tropes that it capitalizes on yeah and uh we were supposed to do shiva baby for this episode but we had some scheduling yes um snafus so we switched it around a bit of a rain check on shiva baby um i think that one will happen next week cool or, or it might be the other one who knows <laughs> but um today we're talking my pick which was uh the cable guy um from 1996 ben stiller directed we'll get to more of the background here in a minute um and i was you know we were talking off air that i was kind of worried for a second like because mm-hmm. i had so many choices i wanted to choose for this month yeah you know i was like this is an opportunity to talk like one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. that i otherwise couldn't get on the podcast yeah but then while i was going through my list a lot of them i was like you know what i can still make an argument for most of these to like still cover these in other months sure you know whether it be men in black or chronicle yeah um, I, I rewatched uh, Spirited Away while I was um, editing yesterday. That and, was one that I kind of kicked around. And too. you kicked yeah. it around. Man, that is 100% a horror movie. Yeah, it's really like, freaky. It's, man. It's, a, it's a very like horror fantasy, but like yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. So with this one, I was like, right before watching, I was like, is this going to be more horror than I thought? And then it ended up not being. Um, it, it ended up being perfect. So I'm um, excited to get into this. And, you mm-hmm. know, this is, um, you know, there was a couple of, you know, there's been a lot of Jim Carrey references yeah. on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know you're a, you're a big fan of The Mask. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey is just, he's honestly one of my favorite people. Childhood hero of mine, man. Yeah. yeah. Same. Like, I yeah. mean, like his run in the 90s, like staying up late to watch him and in Living Color. Yeah. Um, I mean, such a big fan. And I always wished he more like 
you know, because um, even though he's a totally different performer than yeah. either of these guys, mm-hmm. um, I always, you know, say my holy trinity is Jim Carrey, Nick Cage, and Keanu Reeves. And not in... A, That's a dream blunt rotation right that there. That is a dream blunt rotation. <laughs> it, it's everything. Like, not I'm not saying those are the three best actors in the world. That's just my... Of people that I love and yeah. enjoy. Unabashedly love. Like, unabashedly. Yeah. And... Yeah. I wish, you know, like Nick, you know, he has plenty of genre films under his belt. Yeah, for sure. Um, Keanu Reeves has um, a few of them here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. And then Jim doesn't have too much, many, yeah. which always upsets me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always wanted him to do darker roles. I've yeah. always wanted him to do like pure horror movies. Like, yeah. you know, this is close. Yeah. Um, and then and you have like the number 23. We have the number 23, yeah. which is like, and even that is like, you know, um, I mean, again, like not to do the horror versus thriller thing, but it's mm-hmm. not as explicitly horror as yeah. I would like. Right. It's not as horror as I would like. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he has a very small role in The Bad Batch, which is another movie that people argue isn't a horror movie. Yeah. Um, we did cover that on the yeah. here on the pod. And um, so it's like I've always wanted him to do an outright like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm a sucker for the, um, you know, I, I want actors that are you know are always good guys or like you mm-hmm. know very likable and like i'm i'm that guy that's always like and then they should do a horror movie <laughs> yeah 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 you know jim carrey uh i think recently for the press for the newest sonic movie had said that he's like maybe retiring it could just be him flexing of maybe wanting to get a higher contract for sonic th- uh, for sonic 3 if he's coming back um so maybe he's not you know interested in acting anymore but yeah jim carrey is, he's kind of not i mean he was yeah. he was already pretty much retired i yeah. mean we were you know yeah well after getting a payout of 20 million dollars for this movie and doing movies with a similar pay for you know decades oh. dude's probably sitting on a fat stack but yeah oh. he is a childhood hero of mine he's one of those few celebrities that if i was to see in public i I don't know if I could compose myself. Like, Same. I I like to think I'm, I've I've met some pretty famous people, and Same. I like to think that I handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Just be like, hey, what's up, man? But if I met Jim Carrey, I don't think I could not tell that man how much like his movies meant to me as a kid. Especially The Mask was like one of my favorite childhood movies. Liar Liar is still my favorite comedy. Um, oh, and, interesting choice. Yeah, and I I absolutely adore uh, Jim Carrey. I have a, a friend of mine who actually. Had, uh, had the opportunity to work with him more like on behind the scenes kind of stuff on like mm-hmm. producing kind of roles and they were having like daily meetings with Jim Carrey and they said it so cavalier uh, like in such a cavalier way when they were talking to me about it and I was like can we pause for a second how can you talk to this man daily on a zoom call and not actively lose your mind because it's just it's crazy to me I, I, I said I think I would wait till like the last meeting that you have with them and I would just spill my guts and just be like by the way this has been an absolute dream but yeah uh any role like this even the cable guy not to spoil my feelings on this so even a movie like this which isn't one of my favorite movies of his it's still a pleasure to see him on and i i love the weird energy that he brings to movies like this because it's such especially 90s jim carrey late such a specific flavor of his performances late late 90s jim carrey was i would say the height of his powers oh uh, to to quote hal rudnick yeah and um i mean he was you know firing on all cylinders he was you know, um, doing one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Interesting. When um, they were uh, working on um, the pre-production of this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love When Nature Calls way better than the first Ace Ventura. 
So much fun. Um, definitely not as uh, like bigotry filled. That's for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and it's, it's so quotable. Um, I mean, yeah, the mask means so much to me. Yeah. The mask apparently is uh, what um, motivated the weekend to want to become a to become an artist. And um, <laughs> that's kind of funny to me because it's just like you could have said any celebrity and it make about as much sense. You could have been like, oh, that's what inspired well, Dwayne Wade to become a basketball player. Well, <laughs> that makes the same well, amount no, of sense think to about me. The weekend is very theatrical and he's very quirky in like some of his, <laughs> sure. but in a dark sure. sense. Yeah. And then, you know, he got to have Jim Carrey on uh, his that's latest true. album yes, as uh, the, the narrator, which Jim Carrey spitting bars at yeah. the end of that album. Yeah, I, uh, I think you've revealed that. <laughs> like how that came to be in a re- same for like it's Sonic such too. a yeah. humble story yeah. of like Jim like sending him balloons on his birthday yeah. and them communicating like via flashlight on their balconies like yeah it, Jim is the best um one of the best Canadians one of the best to ever do it one of the best Canadians <laughs> maybe um, the best Canadian <laughs> I that he makes a very strong um case for best Canadian yeah I would yeah. 100% agree with that um but yeah so there's so much um that we could talk about and you know I'm Sure, we will find a way to work Jim Carrey into the podcast um, again in yeah. some in some other fashion. Yeah, but um, we do have a movie to get into for today, so let's go ahead and get into it. Cable Guy, released June fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. Directed by Ben Stiller, who is a very underrated director. Um, I don't think people give him enough credit for how good of a director he is. Multi-talented. Very talented. Um, written by Lou Holtz Jr., um, which, interestingly enough, this is his only screenplay. And there was like quite the bidding war for it. Mm, very interesting. Um, but this, I went to his IMDb. This is literally it. Just this movie. Yeah. Um, the score was done by John Ottman, who has had a very prolific career as a composer, yes, most notably um, I Love the X-Men score that he does. It's fantastic. Really good uh, superhero score. Definitely an underrated one, for sure. Yes. And this movie um, made $102.8 million on a $47 million budget. Now, aside from the record amount that Jim Carrey was paid for this, that's $20 million. I was wondering where the rest of this budget went. Yeah. Uh, why would this movie require that much money? Yeah. Very curious about that. Um, this movie has a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes on 78 reviews. And this has an average letterbox rating of 3.0 out of 5 stars. Mm-hmm. So, um, why did I choose this movie? Um, well, again, this is, you know, the closest thing that we've gotten to Jim Carrey going actually dark. Um, you know, this movie, um, you know, is basically a, um, it's not satire cause they don't really have a message with it, but I also wouldn't say parody either. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of homages to, um, the stalker thriller yeah. subgenre of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and kind of like the paranoid thriller as well, but very much like on the tropes of uh, the stalker thriller. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, what Holtz was kind of referencing when he was writing this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, it, you know, this movie, it, it's, you know, we talk about a lot how comedy and horror are, you know, intertwined and they are not very different aside from the way that you edit them, you know, yeah. and things like that. The, this movie is very fascinating because it's like 
the 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 movie is a comedy because like this isn't a horror comedy you know where yeah you have a horror movie that has a good amount of jokes in it sure this is the opposite of that but it's still very much a comedy first mm-hmm. because the joke of the movie is them playing it like a horror movie yeah but then the horror movie things are presented as jokes so yeah. it's like it's too funny to be scary, even though in a horror movie this would typically be scary. Yeah, I think that's maybe why uh, this movie, not to, you know, I'll, uh, yeah, this movie is it's 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 odd. It's an odd little movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know. It's been a few years since I had seen it. I saw it when I was younger, and I just don't know what they were going for with this i'm just i think it has like an odd identity crisis um because jim carrey is doing his kind of 90s jim carrey thing he's not really giving a sinister performance it's mostly comedic Mm -hmm. but then also it's kind of this weird stalker thriller movie but there's not a lot of scary moments it's it's just it's an odd movie like it's very strange it very much is i think that's why it was um you know it again like there was a bidding war for the script because like it was you know this like very interesting idea Mm -hmm. um especially at the time where it's like you know um technology is getting integrated into things a lot more yeah this is cable at its height Mm -hmm. um and things like that so it, it was an interesting time but then yeah like when you know who were they making this movie for like i mean i feel like they were making it for comedy fans sure you know yeah and uh and I mean, I think it. I th- I think it is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I think someone going in and then watching this and go, you know, like, okay, are they trying to be scary? And yeah. it does make you question it a lot. You know, like when you think of intent, yeah. um, is always a tough thing for. I think horror comedies in general, when it's like, was this on purpose or was this, you know, yeah. not? And yeah, so it's like this movie. It you know doubled its budget back. But did it make much yeah. more over than that? Yeah, so it probably wasn't, broke even. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. After marketing and yeah. whatnot, yeah, probably broke even. And it had a pretty mixed review of uh, reception, but has um kind of grown a very small cult following. I wouldn't say this yeah. is a bona fide cult film or anything, but it does have like um it, it's one of those ones that people are starting to look back on and go, hey. I don't know if we gave this movie a chance. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the reactions of the time, and you know, Siskel and Ebert were kind of in their heyday back then, and uh, Roger Ebert uh, listed it as one of his worst movies of 1996, uh, mm. but Gene Siskel actually really liked it. Huh. Uh, and Ebert's problems with the movie, I think, are very similar to what a lot of people's problems are with this movie, is that Jim Carrey's kind of do- off in his own little world doing his Jim Carrey thing, and no one else is at that level. Mm. And I think that that is because who else was at his level in the 90s? You know, just as far as like offering the same level of energy and and uh, just bizarre, uh, you know, like you said, it was the height of his powers. So like just by proxy, everybody else is kind of lower than him yeah. uh, just in regards to like the magnetism. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey was just mm-hmm. especially doing but, his thing, which you know? will and which we'll get to the Matthew Broderick of it all yes. for this movie. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah, I think that uh, has a big impact on it. Yeah, but. Um, you know, this was, um, uh, I watched this movie quite a bit while I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, it was my, my, my grandma had a, a fabled, um, <laughs> you know, movie shelf and my grandma only had like maybe, 
I don't know, 11, 12 movies maybe. I'm on fascinated the shelf. if this is the one that made her and cut. This was <laughs> on the shelf. This was one of grandma's movies. Excellent. That's <laughs> it's, it's the so most, strange. It's the most random shelf. It was it was like this. It was um, Liar Liar was in there. Heck yeah, grandma. It had like three Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> Which ones? Was it like this in the tuxedo? Because that would no. be like. <laughs> no, it was uh, the good ones. It was uh, It was Who Am I? It was Rumble in the Bronx. Um, and there was like one other Jackie Chan movie, um, Only the Strong, um, uh, a, a, uh, Mark Dacascus film. Um, it's a very, it was a very random assortment of yeah. movies. Grandma, on Grandma Taylor, shelf. a lady of taste, it seems. <laughs> uh, this was Grandma Hendrix, actually. Grandma Hendrix. This my was apologies. this was the other grandma. Um, yeah, she had a very specific shelf. It, was, <laughs> it, it cracked me up. But um, yeah. So this had uh, been. I, I watched this movie like a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, like in the background or something. But I haven't really given it a full attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in case you guys haven't seen it in a hot minute, we are going to hit you with our sixty second synopsis. You ready, Garrett? I am ready. I genuinely forgot that I this was a duty of mine, so <laughs> I will be as ready as I can be. I know because it, 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 it was blame Matt next week. Whenever, whenever yes. we have Matt be like, you, you messed my flow up for the sixty second <laughs> synopsis. Maybe, maybe we should dock him. Oh, <laughs> let's dock him fifteen seconds just to just to like fuck with him. There you go. There you go. Or may or gain him fifty seconds. He has to make it last seventy five seconds. So uh, I, I'm not sure which or one would be to worse. Stretch it out. Yeah, mm, it would be interesting. We'll see but here uh yeah i'm i'm ready to go here all right i got you in three two one go so back in the 90s kids there was this uh piece of technology called cable it was like netflix but worse you had terrible signal terrible reception you had to call a guy the cable guy <laughs> to come take care of it similar to a plumber uh but matthew broderick is having some uh, some cable issues calls on the help of one mr jim carrey to come help him uh, and uh, this uh, sparks an unusual friendship here, an unusual bond. Uh, this cable guy, uh, which is just kind of what he's credited as, doesn't have a lot of friends, kind of a lonely fellow, and as such, he adopts Matthew Broderick as one of his buddies, and just won't go away. He just keeps <laughs> on sticking around and kind of festers into Matthew Broderick's life here, uh, doesn't leave him alone, uh, starts mangling in his family and his relationship, and it gets to the point where things kind of turn pretty sinister. Uh, and uh, Matthew Broderick tries desperately to sever Ten this seconds. tie, but Jim Carrey just uh, keeps on sticking around and maybe does some uh, nefarious things. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much mainly it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty straightforward because it is, you know, this is, of course, a vehicle for Jim Carrey to yeah. do his thing. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with the characters, um, you know, because of course, you know, Jim Carrey, I would say is the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he, like you said, he is kind of, he's on his own level. Yeah. Which is interesting that like yeah. other, like, you know, and, and I feel like that's kind of part of it. Like. Because, like, I don't know, like, maybe it's him, you know, like, Jim Carrey's always kind of been, like, known as, like, being, like, kind of very cartoonish. He's a very animated guy. And maybe that plays into, you know, uh, the cable guy who says his name is Chip, um, but then he also says his name is Larry Tate, but because he calls himself all these different TV characters. Yes. So maybe that's, like, supposed to be part of it, that it's like, no, this guy is very much not a human being. Like, this is a guy pulled out of a, you know, Saturday. He's a cartoon character cable guy. Yeah. And, like, so I don't know if, like, maybe that's part of the reason that he's at, like, such a different level than everyone else. But at the same time, 
I love everything he's doing. I love the underbite. I love the lisp. I yeah. love the his weird sense of humor. Like, and and you know, and I see myself in this guy quite a, a lot more than I would like to. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Interesting. Um, but you know the the idea of you know again like the cable was um you know very was at like kind of its height and then it like TV kind of dipped back down. Then now we're kind of back in this like um yeah. golden age of TV, but it's yeah. via streaming. It's not cable anymore. And there was like this like kind of connectivity um to it all because like, you know, like on cable, everyone's watching the same thing at the same time. And we yeah. see that, you know, throughout with like people watching the news and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, um you know, we go through a cable guy who is somebody that, at this time is very important and very connected to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like has this sense of estrangement and loneliness because he is very off putting and awkward, you know? So it's, um, it's, he's a very fascinating character and I, you know, and I like that his background and motivations aren't, the like you know typical oh he was abused or like he was this and like that's what like drove him to this it was like yeah he was kind of neglected a like not not even neglected because it was like such a common thing back then like you know the tv did kind of babysit kids like there was a the and i think it's like the gen x kids mainly yeah are the ones that are these like you know they were raised by you know these it's tv back. shows and stuff it's coming back and it's coming back yeah, except I, now uh, it's ipads yeah dude i work at a at a brunch restaurant in which so a lot of families come in and i can't tell you how many kids come in and their mm-hmm. parents just the, all the ipads look the exact same they've got this big like, <laughs> rubber case on them it's like a yeah. bug or whatever and then they just like stick it in front of their kids and they're watching like little einsteins or whatever kids watch nowadays and that is kind of the babysitter to the point that uh, Chip, the Jim Carrey's character in this movie, refers to the TV as Mr. Babysitter or Mrs. Babysitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's like the, his kind of, you know, final moments in this movie, so to speak, uh, that he says, you know, somebody has to kill the babysitter when he's referring to kind of his his final act. But uh yeah, it's you. You said that he's the best moment, the best uh, component of this movie. I would say he's definitely a defining component to where he is the make or break of this movie. That he is either what makes you love or hate this movie, and I think it definitely has earned him this cult following in this film. And I will say this: if he's not in this movie, it's not really anything. Um, it's kind of just uh, I feel like s- screen gems makes a movie like this every year or so mm. where there's like, oh, this person, there was like the Beyonce one. And then there was a bunch of other ones with like Morris Chestnut and other actors to where it's like, oh, the guy has an affair. And then this lady is a stalker. I feel like there was like a, between like 2014 and oh, like 2010, yeah. like 2016, there was like nine of those movies. And I feel like this would kind of just fit into that. However, uh, I know that this this role was originally written for Chris Farley. I don't know if you knew that, which would be did not know that insane to, to I can't imagine that at all. However, I think a person who would be really good in this role, and I think it's proven by another role that they did, would be none other than Mr. Robin Williams. I think if he was in this role, it would have crushed, and I think that this movie would be a hmm. lot more popular with fans because I think Jim Carrey delivers such a specific flair of this, and it's mostly comedy. And I don't know for myself or others that he is able to 
meet that with a level of creepiness. I think he's just say, just zany and cartoony and weird. But I think Robin Williams in another movie, uh, One Hour Photo, is able to have that cartoony, fun nature that we attribute with Robin Williams, but also is able to get really sinister and dark and kind of twisted. I I think that that's a again hmm. a defining element of this movie is Jim Carrey. You either like this movie because of him, or you dislike this movie because of him in kind of a weird way. I mean, I would say I don't think it would. I don't think it would have been more or less of a success with a different. I mean, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people love Chris Farley. He's never really been my thing. Oh, really? I mean, he has a few good bits on yeah. Saturday Night Live, but like I couldn't handle him hoarsely yelling for you know the entirety oh, of this he movie. would not work with this movie at all so there's like, no shot yeah so i'm sorry and in robin williams yes like I, but i don't think it's jim carrey's fault that the movie didn't go creepy enough yeah. i think that's more on ben stiller because i think there's a turning point in the film that if it would have went yeah. darker it would have you know been a better experience i yeah. think the first half of this movie plays way better than the first half like this is a very front-loaded movie i would say like once the turning point happens it kind of starts getting a little draggy sure besides a few um you know big set pieces which again these are these big jim carrey moments that like kind of rescue yeah. some of these moments mm-hmm. um so i don't know like i i think it's more that he wasn't directed to go dark enough but i also i think that's you know what separates this movie and like again like why it's not a full horror movie yeah is you know there's a turning point where you know when you know matthew broderick when steven is finally like you know i don't want to be your friend and like this is when um he starts you know um diving into steven's life more and like Mm -hmm. you know doing more nefarious things but even still like i think the movie still get presents a lot of sympathy for chip you know like because like when you watch it like they he it's certain things are played to be creepy yeah and they're magnified because of jim carrey's performance and like the things that they do but like certain things he does when you like think about him at first it's like and that's not that creepy like you know yeah. i i know people that struggle to like make friends you mm-hmm. know that have these like really good intentions and for most of the movie you know like until you know um you know steven becomes like kind of an asshole like you yeah. know like when you know he doesn't want to be chip's friend except when he needs him mm-hmm. and like that kind of stuff starts playing out like a lot of the times, like, Chip is, you know, like, again, like, it's very much magnified. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, would I be Chip's friend? No. But, yeah. you know, I, I see the struggle that he has, you know, to, like, kind of connect with people. Sure. And, you know, and, and especially in, like, today's age, I, fun- I like, I feel that way sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm someone that, um, mo- like, I have a lot more people that I, like, keep in touch with and stuff, like, online than I do sure. in real life, you know, as far as friends go. I mean, heck, yeah. you were you were a converted That's online right. friend to, in, in <laughs> real life. Then I became life. a real boy. <laughs> and you became a real boy. You manifested yourself. In there. And, uh, you know, so, you know, whenever I think about, like, you know, I'm, you know, have a lot of interactions with people online, but it's like, I'm sitting at home, you know, by myself with my dog because I don't really have a lot of in real life friends that like, sure, I hang out with, you know, and, and so it's like when you like, I'll, Cal, dude, chill, here, see, like Cal, Cal's, Cal's, (laughs) he's, he's very needy, he just, he just wants to be people's friends, (laughs) um, and, 
you know, and there, there's a weird feeling I get on Instagram sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that I'll be like, you know, you, you're scrolling. I'm like, okay, like what's going on tonight? And then, so you go on like people's stories and you're like, where are the people at? Sure. And that's a little creepy like, yeah. in a way, like being like, oh, where, where are the people at to like go hang out? And yeah. I, and you know, but that's the way that we, you know, are as a society now. People yeah. present so much of their lives online that, you know, is it, you know, is it a sense of voyeurism at that point or is it, you know, like that's just the way we are as a society now. So it's like, yeah. All, all this to say that like you know I, I i sometimes get insecure you know in like whenever i'm like oh like i know that i'm not always the best socially and mm-hmm. i interact sometimes with people in like odd ways like how does that come off you know sure. like am i like am i being creepy like am i doing this you know and it's like in just get in your head about it so it's like whenever i see see that and then like at the end of the movie, you know, fast forwarding to the end, like when he pretty much is like willing to kill himself and he, um, you know, it, he, he doesn't let himself off the hook at the end of the movie, like the, and, or the movie doesn't let him off the hook whenever he's like, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm lonely. Yeah. And then Matthew Broderick's like, you know, no, everybody gets lonely. And like, you know, and people do say that. And then, like, there was, like, an earnestness to, like, when he delivered it a second time. He goes, no, like, I'm really lonely. Yeah. And, it's, but it's then. It's a funny it, bit, too, because he's like, I mean, look at me. You know, yeah, he's, like, I, I, he's, like, literally, like, dangling off this tower, like, <laughs> after he just kidnapped somebody. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's, like, you know, and then them acknowledging that, it doesn't, like, let him off the hook to be, like, just yeah. because you're lonely, you can act this way. Like, yeah. it doesn't let him justify any of his decisions. But it's, like, I feel that, again, like especially like I'm a bartender. I interact with people at the bar all the time. Sure. And I have all these regulars that like feel like friends, but mm-hmm. they're not, Yeah. you know, unless I'm at the bar serving them drinks, they're not texting me to hang out. Yeah. You know, Transactional, they yeah. don't need anything. Yeah. Kind of like in this movie, it's like Steven really only goes out of his way to sure talk to chip when he's like, Oh, I need you to come hook me up. I need yeah. you to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like connected in that way as well. So is, is very interesting. Yeah. Um, take a look at this character. Yeah, we talked about it last week about how with these kind of movies, a lot of the horror that you find in them is more of like a personal level and like how like what fears and, and anxieties do we deal with as is people just in ourselves. And I think the idea that and I think that's something that we all can deal with is is that okay, I'm you know, maybe struggle to make friends and in these people that I want to hang out with or want to be friends with, do I go a little too far? Am I cause that's something mm-hmm. that I, I you know, I'm I'm I, I am annoyed often that people lack kind of situational awareness of like mm-hmm. their personal, like what are they, how are they occupying space and how do they affect others around them? And I get annoyed by it because I'm so hyper aware of that. If I'm just like constantly yeah. worried, I'm like, am I the most annoying person in, of all time? You know, <laughs> like I'm constantly worried about that. And I think that this character of Chip uh, kind of magnifies that of mm-hmm. being completely lacking in any of that, but all with this kind of good, but with still good, intent- good intentions. Like yeah. It, yeah. it takes a bit before, like you know, like once again, like once like the turn kind of happens and like he gets a little nefarious. Like for the first like couple of you know the first like thirty minutes or so, it's like you know, it's like is he again like is he doing anything that's like too off the wall? No. It's yeah. like, but, you know, and he's just like, 
he just wants to hang out. He just wants to go play basketball. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, and sets a killer screen, by the way. Oh, my goodness. That basketball scene is everything. Yeah. He's, like he said, he said, OK, we're doing prison rules. And then this set, sets a super clean screen. Like I was like, hey, man, you, your feet were planted. That's fine. Like, oh, everything hit, goes. Yeah. He hits a killer screen. But he does a very weird line. He goes, he goes, come on, white shadow. And I go, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, him uh, jumping off, leaping off the back of Jack Black, who I completely forgot was in this movie. As uh, like kind Killer of a smaller, supporting cast. Yes. Yeah, kind of a smaller role. And he doesn't get into his full like the really do kind of Jack Black is. No, but he's it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, simplified in this. But yeah, I, I think Chip is, is a character in this. It's funny because this kind of predates a lot of internet uh, kind of relationships and this film actually Mm -hmm. does kind of predict a lot of that kind of stuff to where he says like, oh, your TV and your phone and whatever are all going to be through the same package. He literally said it. He said we're going to be shopping online. Exactly. We're going to be playing video games online. He he says we're going to be playing Mortal Kombat with some kid in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, with your best friend in Vietnam. And I, yeah, I think even though it is kind of like it is dated in the sense that it, he's talking about cable, I, I think it's it's kind of still relatable in a sense that you do kind of have these arbitrary friendships online or people that or you perceive preferred to be customers, as he calls them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, these these I, th- I think you can make genuine friendships online. I have certainly made a few uh, made lots of them before I moved out here to California and mm-hmm. now have uh, been uh, very grateful to transition into more tangible, real friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's something that, you know, um, I don't know if I necessarily relate to Chip to the degree that I condone all of his actions. And I I don't think that that's what you're saying either. But I think a a less amplified version of Chip is something that we all can relate to. You know, obviously it's turned up to 11 in this movie, which I think is where a lot of the humor uh, is. And it's always we've talked before about how it's such a fine line between comedy and horror that 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 line is so incredibly thin that walking it, 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 you know, it, just one joke taken a little bit too far suddenly becomes horror, you know? And I think that that's maybe somewhere where the trouble of this movie is, as Ben Stiller comes from a comedic background and maybe walking that line just inherently, you know, tends to lean towards more comedy. I guess that's more up to a personal preference. But as far as the characters, Chip, again, magnified tenfold. I uh, I think if you kind of uh, shrink it down a little bit, I think it's something that is, is very relatable, yeah. and, you know, especially in today's day and age. Yeah. But what you don't do is pair him with Matthew Blanderick. Man, Dude. I've never gotten what is, yeah. his thing. Yeah. Like what, like what is, he's not funny. He's never likable. He has a stupid bug face. Like, I don't... <laughs> now we're getting personal. I've, I've, I'm sorry, but, like, I've just never understood, like, his thing. Like, yeah. I'm not a Ferris Bueller fan. Oh, like, man, I love Ferris Bueller. I, well, I was, I was going to say that is, like, I, I love Ferris Bueller, and I think him in that movie is very likable, but in, like, a way that he's such a prick that you're kind of, like... He's a that, little shit. Well, that's you know? the point like, of the yeah. movie, yeah, is that he is a little shit, and, like, his sister, uh, you're, like, you kind of come around to him by the end of the movie, but... Like, in in Ferris Bueller, I get it, because he's, like, playing out this, like, every kid's fantasy type totally. of thing, so there's a very easy relatability and i think that's maybe what yeah. his thing was like he yeah. was very much like ni- 90s loved the everyman yeah there was an obsession with the everyman sure. for the 90s they like wanted to make you know just average 30 year old joes yeah be, like see they want to be seen on screen not just all these good looking people i want to see just yeah. regular guy steven who mm-hmm. 
whatever his job is, he does meetings and he pitches things. It's like architecture or something like that. I've al- I've always loved that trope too. In in a, it's yeah. usually in rom coms or a comedy. Is guy works at a job where he has to pitch, do pitches. Yeah, and either usually something goes wrong during the pitch or something. Yeah, hates I'm, his I'm, boss. I'm honestly, know? I mean, and of course he gets you know sabotaged at work. Yeah. I thought it was going to be during an important pitch, but yeah. it wasn't. No. Um, and I don't know. His uh, kind of gets canceled, sends around a viral, <laughs> viral video. It's like he gets pre-canceled before that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, and and Steven's not supposed to be likable. Like yeah. I think it's very much he's supposed to be like kind of an ass. Like yeah. he kind of is a shitty friend. Like yeah. you know, not only to you know, obviously he doesn't respond the best way to Chip. You know, to like yeah. when a situation like that ha- comes along, like. You, you gotta, you know, obviously, like, when it comes to people that, you know, don't read, you know, social cues yeah. or social situations like that, you know, you, you, you gotta handle things delicately, and, like, yeah. he doesn't do that. Like, uh, he's kind of a, he's kind of an ass. I will defend. And then he's also an ass to Jack Black later, too. Yes. He's a, he's he a bad friend. 100%. He bells on the concert, which I'm just like, I completely relate to that Jack Black. He's like, dude, you always do this. And I'm like, I've got those friends, man. Drives me up the wall. Anyway, I will defend uh, 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 Stephen in this movie a little bit because there is a, a conversation that they have where he tells him that he's just like I'm very busy right now I've got a lot of friends and I'm trying to mend this relationship and I just don't necessarily know if I have room to make more friends and uh, Chip is kind of like so what exactly are you saying here but that, he's not quite getting it and then he's just like I'm, I don't think I want to be your friend but that's you know? the midway point that's not early enough on that's after yeah. all the that's after medieval shenanigans that's after basketball yeah that's after karaoke jam sesh to be like, Fair. That's after everything. So, like, that's that's he, he waits a little too long, is what I'm saying. Totally. And he still exercises that, yeah. you know, thing of being like, oh, well, I need you to help me with, um, sure, with a uh, why am I blank on her name right now? Robin, yeah, oh, Leslie Mann, love her, young Les- uh, Leslie Mann, which we'll we'll get to of, of her character in this, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the kind of appeal of this, and it, it's kind of capitalized on at the very end of this movie, is that Chip as a character just takes the smallest politeness and amplifies yes. it to where like you want to be my best friend or where he just calls him buddy and he's like are we really buddies and i think chip he does something similar in the movie to where he's just like hey we could like hang out sometime and he's just like yeah sure whatever just being polite and then just literally it's oh the next day let's, yeah i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna drive you out to the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> like yeah, yeah definitely goes in uh comes in very strong yeah um but then there is like you know the you know the the because there's the there's the medieval section, yeah, which is interesting because that's like at first it's like you know it this is like the first like signs that Chip is a little off his rocker, a little like, he tries you know, to kill him, <laughs> yeah, like the I love the announcer being like you know um he's like get on know, the, like, get on the horse <laughs> get on the horse he's not joking like yeah, just yeah. please go deal with yeah. this guy you yeah. know so it's like it, but then they end up bonding a little bit over it. You yeah. know, it's like Steven takes out his frustrations and battles back and then they yeah. end up bonding. And then there's the section where it's like, they are like, you know, with the karaoke stuff, it's like, I actually like, I was like, okay, they're actually like vibing now, you yeah. know, like they're feeling it until that's when the next morning he like takes it too far. Yeah. However, one of the best karaoke scenes Great in a movie scenes. of all time, yeah. Jim Carrey, um, Full doing somebody to love. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Uh, he does the entire thing. Yeah. I hate when movies like, you know, cut off um, a performance, you know, midway or, th- yeah. or something like, no, 
Jim Carrey does this entire song for like a full yeah. four minutes. He is in it to win it. Yeah. I as a I, I every bar I've ever worked at, we do karaoke. Nice. I'm a big karaoke guy. Love karaoke. and I appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good karaoke scene. Great song choice, by the way. The crowds interacting, they're dancing, they're vibing. He also like the intro- camera work is really fun. Yeah. He also like intros the song by like giving like historical context <laughs> for the song, which I, I, I wish everybody at karaoke would do of just like why they chose the song and like when it debuted and who sang it. It's it's the best. But I wanted to ask, have you have you been to medieval times before? Have you Yes. It's great. It's a yes, super, I, have. I would love to go back i went when i was like in middle school i think we were like on a class field trip and we just went to medieval times for some reason oh i know what it was i was in i think the sixth grade and we had an entire semester or whatever where we learned about medieval times Mm. and as a class we traveled to probably i think it was chicago and went to medieval times and experienced that but i was a i was a young man at that point and i would love to go back as a full-ass adult (laughs) oh yeah no 100 percent, and like actually get drunk during it what like because yeah i went um I went uh, to the one in New York in high school. Nice. I've also been to the, um, there's one in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, that is the uh, cowboy version of it, um, Dixie uh, Stampede. I have also been to that. Oh, yeah, and there's one in Missouri, too. Yeah, um, uh, Dixie Stampede is uh, real weird, man. Let me just tell you, you're like, yeah, the Confederacy. Yeah, like, not not uh, as fun <laughs> as Medieval Times. Um, medieval Times is um, way better. Yeah. And, um... And again, like, and but then it's like, yeah, they like kind of bond during that scene, even, which is interesting when it's like kind of like the flip of it being, yeah. um, you know, the they kind of like that's when Steven should have recognized, like, a- after after that's when it should have stopped, you yeah. know, he shouldn't have um kept it going, and then like that's when it like kind of gets in a little, yeah, too deep, and um and he's very focused on Robin throughout the movie, yeah. Um, love Le- love Leslie, man. Sucks that Robin is just kind of the MacGuffin yeah, character. Like, yeah. you know, she gets the damsel in distress treatment. Like, she is only, you know, the the fixation of Steven for yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and used as a pawn by Chip, you know, to totally. you know, fuck with Steven. Yeah. Um, it, it very sucks. Yeah, I that very sucks. <laughs> good way to put it. Yeah, I uh, I was I also agree that it very sucks that she she is really just not given much to do in this other than just being like kind of this ditzy. Uh, oh, you just say that you want to watch Sleepless in Seattle and you're cooking dinner by yourself and she'll be over there watching it with you. I was just kind of which also very dated reference to like that Sleeplessly in Seattle is like a, a the top tier yeah. favorite movie, uh, which is like. I, I gotta say, not a great rom com. Totally fine. No, uh, you yeah. got mail is you way got better. mail is way better. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I uh, Leslie Mann was just not. Uh, I like Leslie Mann, but I and, love and, Leslie and, Mann. And, uh, like I am, yeah. I am in love with Leslie. Oh man, Mann. oh man. <laughs> I, or her or her daughter. Jeez, that's it. how. Well, how yeah. weird is that? <laughs> how weird is that? Uh, yeah, that's a totally different conversation. My God, swoon. But um, uh, as far as other female, uh, like kind of popular. Uh, actresses who grew on to be a little bit more famous later in their career. Uh, Janine Garofalo, excellent role in this movie of the medieval times wench, which was great. Yeah, very yeah. relatable character. Where uh, Matthew or uh, Stephen is like. 
he's uh he, he says oh they they had pepsi back then but they didn't have silverware and she's like dude i got a lot of tables which is incredibly relatable <laughs> like <laughs> i literally again, would as a server like, shut the fuck up bro. yes yes and again then also why uh, steven sucks he's a dick to uh, service industry people true that's very true and then uh, andy dick is the medieval times like host excellent role very they say good. um you haven't you, you're not a true um angelino until you um have an andy dick story it will happen for you. Um, most of them are not good. Uh, Dan- Andy Dick is kind of a creep. I didn't know this. <laughs> uh, actually, not even kind of. He's very much a creep. Had no idea. But um, yeah, um, there. Do you, you have one that you can uh, share on the air? I'd rather not. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a Patreon I'll, exclusive. I'd rather right there. not. <laughs> it's it's not a great one. Um, it, yeah, but um, yeah, Andy Dick does um have a a fun little cameo in here. And uh, Owen Wilson got cameo. Yes. Uh, and and speaking of, and this is like, you know, the scene that I always think about when, because here's the thing, Chip does, he fucks with Steven a lot and does yeah. some shit, um, but he doesn't like actually like kill anyone. I think no. that's like one thing that kind of holds us back from being horror. I kind of wish, I always wish that they like, because they like, when they do like the background check and Jack Black's like, yeah, he's not even real. He doesn't work for the cable company yeah. because he was a stalker. Yeah. But they like, I wish they would have like implied somehow that he like, he might've killed somebody. Sure. That would have given it like a little more edge. But yeah, I do like the scene where, I mean, he kicks Owen Wilson's ass in the bathroom. Yeah. He beats the shit out Owen of him. Owen Wilson also uh, sporting a goatee in this movie. Just Which the weakest so goatee weird. you've ever seen. Uh, but it's yeah, so weird. Very early Owen Wilson. And if you watch the scene where uh, uh, him and Jim Carrey are fighting, if you look at Owen Wilson's face, he is like trying not to laugh the entire yes, time. He's got yes, a big yes. smile on his face. Very funny. I'm glad you noticed that too. Yeah. I thought I was crazy. Like I did see like... No, he's the, just cracking up. It's the yeah. part where he's uh, puts the, the like, after shave on his, his. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. trying so hard not to laugh yeah because that would be like hell to kind of reset and do all of that <laughs> stuff again uh, speaking of other characters kind of breaking and laughing at the medieval time scene uh when jim carrey takes the the skin off of the chicken and puts it on his face that was apparently improvised and if you watch matthew broderick yes, he is uh, cracking up because mm-hmm. it's uh that was like a, a completely improvised moment but also sets up that scene he's saying hey can i have your skin which is just a very weird way to phrase that question mm-hmm. but uh yeah Uh, this is kind of like a stacked cast but one of those kind of like these people will become famous later on kind of stacked cast also ben stiller uh, as the the cameo kind of role uh, as the the sweet twins you know and how fucking relevant right now as everybody's been following the johnny depp and amber heard case for fucking weeks yeah they and like they have a scene you know showing like everyone you know watching this court case together on tv i was like damn it's kind of like an oj simpson kind of thing uh, uh uh-huh yeah i i I think this is as good a time as any to kind of transition to so they have this this sweet twins case running throughout the entire movie to where these twin brothers who were famous when they were kids and then they there was a, a suspected murder later on where one of the twins kind of killed the other one and this is the thing that the nation is watching at the end of the movie to where chip leaps off of this satellite trying to, to trying to kill himself and thus knocking everybody's reception out of whack right when the the Mm. verdict is about to be reached uh, in this movie. The movie makes a point to to try to be, I guess, have some social kind of commentary in this moment. And it's the worst moment in this movie 
the cable is knocked out. Everybody is unable to hear this verdict, which nowadays you would just go on Twitter and it would be fine. Uh, but after this moment, there's a man who is watching the television and he looks over, sees a book on his <laughs> coffee table and is just picks it up and has this bewildered face like, oh man, the magic of books. I wish that it's montage would have went on a little bit longer. Where everyone in America, like I want to see those 40 people at a bar just pull a pocket, like a book <laughs> out of their pocket and start reading. I got to say, it's one of the nerdiest things. I've just like Ben Stiller, just be like, hey guys, why don't you read a book? Ben Stiller has a thing about reading because in Zoolander, he uh, Derek yeah. Zoolander wants the center uh, for children yes. that want to read and write uh, good. Yeah. I and do other things really good. I get the sentiment, but boy, how do ben you? Ben Stiller really has a thing about reading. Yeah, it, it's the, it really it's the cares cinematic about cinematic equivalent to like one of those read posters that has like <laughs> I don't know Margaret Thatcher like reading a book on it. It's just it's the dorkiest thing in the world. I want to know what book he was reading because it looked like it was the Bible. <laughs> He was in like glee. He looked like he was like reading something from his childhood or something. Yeah. I want to go back and watch it. I think he just cracks the book open in like the middle (laughs) of the book and just starts reading it and smiling. It's not even like chapter one. It's just what an insane moment. I was like, okay, come on, come on. Completely ridiculous. So I think there is, we've talked about a little bit earlier on about like how it's a little bit more relatable nowadays, but it is very much so a how society we kind of adopt personalities from people from TV. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's become even more relevant to where culturally we're just as a society is like define ourselves by the, the entertainment we consume, which I think is interesting. Like every kid wants to go to euphoria high, yeah, you know, like, and like everybody wants to make, you know, like being the biggest MCU fan, their personality. And like, yeah, like totally. It, it, it's very interesting. Like, and in, because ninety six, so this is twenty twenty. What? Oh man! Again, you're asking me to do math on the show. Okay, so nineteen ninety six. I'm really. I'm usually really good at math. That, I'm just really stoned right that, now. That was my sister's age, so it, it would be twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. So it, this movie twenty. Well, depending on when this, it could be twenty five, twenty six, depending on when this movie came out. That's that's wild to me. Um. Yeah. And, and again, like, there's you know this. This uh, sense of voyeurism to like, you know, that like, you know, everybody's like kind of watching this whole thing and they're connected in that way. And then like, you know, when you see the way that Chip is able to do all these different things in yeah. Steven's life simply by having access to like his cable records. Yeah. Is pretty is pretty wild. Like, yeah. you know, like and the like and then get some stolen equipment, get them thrown in jail. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, he really like fucks with them and then like infiltrates like his like a family dinner. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he really goes in. I want to, I want to talk about the family dinner thing. The passcode scene talking about like the likability of Matthew Broderick, super dork in this movie. Play passcode with your mom. Come on. She's into it. Literally. Having a good time. And he's just like, I don't want to talk about say, vaginas. With I can't my say mom. penis to my mom. Like yeah, what? Like, like come she, on. she obviously saw one. You yeah. exist. Yeah, pansy. <laughs> I mean, and also he just gives the worst clues for vagina. He just says woman. Get <laughs> fucked. Matthew Broderick, a terrible, like, like yeah, just a terrible friend and also just the worst at basketball. Oh, I would I would probably I um me and my friends we take game night very seriously. Oh, for sure. And uh we would we'd give him the boot. 
He'd be gone. Yeah, no, like, you're not, yeah, you're not on my team. You're not yeah. invited to game night. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, like, I, I will say that the reference that this movie that still gets uh, carried on is the way that Jim Carrey says the password. He, so he like whispers and he says the, the password, password is. <laughs> that is a reference that like my I think my family, if we've ever played a game like this, still uh, continues. So uh, the cable guy still lives on in our hearts. <laughs> um, uh, also, another example of Stephen being the worst. Mm-hmm. His uh, persistence on trying to fix Chip's lisp, even though he never I asks, know. he never asked you. Super he, rude. Hey, you want? I can I can set you up, my brother, and then gives him a gift. Yeah. It, the only thing that he gives back to Chip in this entire movie, which yeah. I will give him that. Yeah. Um. Is yeah, it gives him his fucking a tape, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, bro. And then um, but then I love that the gag is. He gets the list punched out of him. Yeah. Well, because he says early in the movie that he had like kind of facial reconstruction or something like that. And that's oh, I how, didn't catch that. Part. Yeah, that's the, it's kind of alluded to that. That's how he got the list. But because when you watch when he's a kid, he doesn't have it. His mouth kind of protrudes a little bit. I don't know if there's like a term for that. I I know people like that that they're kind of like, their tongue is kind of naturally at like the kind of forefront of their mouth. But like that when he's a kid, he doesn't have the lisp, and so something must have happened later on to where he kind of gains it you know and then and then and then adam sandler would channel the same energy in little nicky yes oh god uh, maybe that's because i have an adam sandler movie that i'm going to reference later maybe that would be a, a better one to substitute on in there but um yeah a lot of lot a lot this movie has to say about kind of societally of, of, of television and culture it's only amplified more with with the internet nowadays it's it's kind of an interesting kind of insight that this movie has and, and i think this movie has been one of those movies that's like recently people are kind of taking a look back at it and yeah. being like okay hey like we should kind of we didn't give this movie a chance and like this has a little bit more to say than uh than you'd anticipate it being again like being a jim carrey movie being a um a ben stiller movie nobody is going into this movie expecting like any yeah. kind of messaging or themes or anything yeah they're there and and uh the other thing i want to bring up before um closing that out is um it kind of the horror tropes that they do play gags on throughout yeah. the movie um yeah. which i think is um you know ben stiller shows a lot of cleverness and he shows that like you know he has um reverence for the genre a little bit mm-hmm. <clears throat> because i love um, there's like a few different like horror tropes like throughout that they just like kind of sprinkle in like mm-hmm. at the beginning the introduction um, the first like interaction of like you know tenseness between the two of them when um, Chip is outside the door yeah. is Matthew Broderick in a shower like a typical like yes. you know female protagonist sure <clears throat> would be um, portrayed in. Um, there's also like a parking garage scene mm-hmm. where, you know, um, Steve is being stalked or thinks he's being stalked and he's getting all paranoid. Yeah. Um, very much a, you know, horror trope. Um, the teleporting villain, how Chip, um, arrives, you know, and knows it, like before he calls him to fix the sleepless yeah. in Seattle night. But yeah. then he also like teleports inside the bathroom stall. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like when Owen Wilson goes in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but then I like um how the movie is incited you know they give chip uh the cable guy like an urban legend introduction like if you do this then this will happen like you know like if you say candy man three times in the mirror he comes um this is um if you give a cable guy fifty dollars yeah he'll hook you up With and HBO. give you yeah. all the channels and everything and he'll Even hook the dirty ones he'll <laughs> hook you up so matthew Brock gives him 50 bucks he becomes his uh next preferred customer sure 
and then like Jack Black literally like cites that later as like this is the inception of um everything right. and Matthew right. and Steven literally goes well you're the one that told me if if I give a cable guy fifty yeah. dollars yeah so it's like they kind of give him like a, a slasher like urban legend um type of thing yeah it's it could go in two directions it's either the cable guy or just like a porno it's like the very a very similar a very similar setup there but uh the uh i think the most overt horror that this movie gets is the nightmare sequence which when i was a kid really freaked me out but now i think i just saw, saw this very it's very silly uh jim carrey's doing like this really exaggerated kind of walk with like these glowing contact lens mm-hmm. i forgot how silly it was especially when he's like trying to get the door open and he's like knocking on the door and like lies that he's leaving and he's like fake walking down the stairs and all that kind of stuff it is yeah when i was a kid i don't know about you freaked the hell out of me i thought it was really scary no it it is creepy and um it is um a reference i want to make sure that oh huh these movies came out the same year so it couldn't even be a reference, huh? Uh, one of the movies I'm gonna reference in movie math, they actually came out the same year. I oh, thought very it nice. ca- I thought it came out before this and was maybe inspiration. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the looking through the peephole that's like you know been shown in a few horror movies, like right. you know generating some scares through it. Sure. Um, also one of those ones that it uh, definitely it, uh, I, that's how I rate dream sequences now is if it, if I fall for it, if it gets me. Oh, and uh, it got me. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that this was a, a nightmare sequence. Even with the glowing eyes and everything? I mean, I don't know. Like, he he's also wearing a weird studded jacket. Got Lyme like, disease. <laughs> like, what if this is Chip went off the deep end after uh, he took some bad Molly at a rave? That's true. We've all been there. We've all been there. I have been there. <laughs> Um, so, um, and to, um, was there anything else you have for this? You know, not really. It's, it's, it's one that I, it's one of those movies that I just don't know if I have a ton to say about it, despite the fact that we've been talking about it pretty in depth. I, it's just got this weird kind of identity crisis here. I don't really know what it's going for. Jim Carrey makes this movie, but he also kind of breaks it at the same time. Um, cause I think if you remove him from this, it just becomes very generic. And I feel like I've seen this movie a dozen times. Um, and I feel like if I was to, cause I mentioned Robin Williams would be good in this, but then he also, Robin Williams did that movie. It's called one hour photo and it's great. I really like that movie. So mm. it's just, this movie has developed a cult following in recent years. I understand why, but it's just, it's never been, it doesn't pop up in my mind immediately when I think of like a great Jim Carrey movie. Um, it's, it's, it's not one of my favorites, just okay for me. Um, as far as uh, what are, what are, what's the rating this year? Out of ten cable plugs or five cable out of, plugs? Uh, out of five remotes. Out of five remotes, I'm uh, I'm at a crisp three out of five remotes. It's just okay for me. Comedy doesn't super work for me. There's a couple of moments that I think are really funny. The medieval time scene stands out, but as far as the the horror is concerned, which this movie I think tries to be kind of a horror thriller, just doesn't really get me. It's just I don't know. Just okay for me. Hmm. Just okay. I mean, again, I don't think that it was trying to be a horror movie at all. I think, again, I feel like that was just the biggest joke of the movie. It's like, hey, look at all these different horror references, but we're yeah. going to play them as jokes instead yeah. of as scares. Mm-hmm. You know, which kind of shows that, you know, the difference and just how the delivery can just change the overall tone. Sure. And, again, I think at the midway point, like, when Steven does, like, say, like, hey, like, I don't want to be friends and everything. Sure. If at that turning point and, like, you know, Chip does get a little bit more nefarious, but the tone of the movie doesn't change. Sure. If it did commit to going darker. Mm-hmm. 
and actually transitioning into being more of a proper horror thriller, right? then I think it might have been a little bit more effective, especially the juxtaposition from the first and second half. Sure. Um, I don't think the second half is bad, but it does just significantly slow down. Yeah. And it just the and the finale in the in the rain and the big yeah. satellite yeah. wasn't the best. It was all right. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I think if they would have committed to it, it would have been different. But I don't think Jim Carrey at the time was ready for that. Like because yeah. he was so big and he was so popular and like even this was you know um a, you know dancing a little too close to the line of like you know mm-hmm. like ruining his like kind of good guy image like the goofy yeah. fun guy sure you know so it's like people see this and they're like oh even when he's trying to be creepy he's still just too funny mm-hmm. you know so it, it is interesting and but i guess um i did see an article like reference that like this was like kind of the one that but like when people did have the reception of this movie that like kind of had him thinking like okay i think i've done enough of like some of this like big comedy stuff like yeah maybe i'll start reining it in and he would do the Truman Show two years later. Yeah, I, I, I think even though I love like Jim Carrey's performance, I also love a lot of his more dramatic stuff. Eternal Sunshine is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's and I, I one of my Truman favorite shows. Uh, but uh, I think the, the thing that this movie will be remembered for is earning Jim Carrey the uh, 1997 MTV Movie Award for Best Comic Performance. I think that that's, that is the accolade of Mr. Carrey's uh, career here, one to be applauded for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, that's, that's high honors right there. Also, Best Villain. <laughs> Who was he going up against in 1997? Must have been a really <laughs> slow year. I have well, to know. It, it might be um, someone from one of uh, my movies that we'll reference now that I know that they came out in the same year. Um, but uh, I enjoyed this movie still quite. Um, I think um, the filmmaking itself is actually really good. There's some interesting camera work, especially, um, you know, they play with the editing, the way that they use the music. The very 90s soundtrack of this um, movie, I think, is all used very well. Um, I have the other nominees here. If you wanna, if you wanna know of 1997 um, MTV Movie Awards, let me give my rating and then let yes. me know who these nominees are. Gotcha. Um, and um, I I really like the score as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and I'm I guess I am bigger on Jim Carrey's performance here. Um, sure. I, I still love what he's doing. Um, I just think. It, but I do I see it, like literally every point that you're making totally I am um, I just don't know if I I guess it, it's just the Jim Carrey family doesn't want to blame him yeah that's what um, I'm, that's what I'm but, saying it's a real make or break here it, it mm-hmm. either, either makes you love this movie or, or makes it not work as, as well for you so I yeah. was at three out of five remotes where where are you cooking at uh, I'm going four. um I definitely consistently laughed throughout um loved what he was doing loved the craft yeah. behind it really uh endeared to chip's character a little bit yeah. more than i was expecting mm-hmm. and um it if it would have committed to being a proper horror it might be a yeah. little bit higher i think who knows yeah um but yeah and to be clear we're not talking about those little <clears throat> dainty roku remotes we're talking about the big ones with the numbers on them yes the no yeah. the 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 numbers the menu buttons the arrows everything yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, who are the other nominees he was against? 1997, uh, of course, Jim Carrey wins for The Cable Guy. Uh, you've also got Robert De Niro for The Fan. Uh, a, a, a Another lot of, stalker movie. A, a couple of these are, are on here. You've got Edward Norton for Primal Fear, which I think honestly robbed. Excellent performance from Edward Norton. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland from A Time to Kill, and Mark Wahlberg from Fear. <laughs> I knew that uh, Marky Mark would be in there, there which will uh, segue us perfect into our closer. 
Here on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, we like to do a little fun game called Movie Math. It's uh, pretty simple. You just think of this movie and say to yourself, hey, what are some other movies that you could add together, multiply together, divide together, maybe even an exponent together to uh, equal the movie that we talked about today? Uh, Devon, you had teased a little bit that yours is getting uh, pretty complicated uh, this week, as is mine. So what are your movies that uh, made you think of the cable guy? I mean, again, I thought mine was going to be, uh, I was like, ooh, I'm going to add some new new in here, but I think you got me beat. But Hell yeah. um, you mentioned uh, Mark Wahlberg. He uh, was in Fear, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that they came out the same year. Because gotcha. in that movie, there's also a very similar scene where there's uh, through the through the people. Yeah. Um, very fun movie mm-hmm. mark Wahlberg is very creepy in it he's very fun mm-hmm. um it he definitely does um it, it's a lot of shades of uh sebastian stan and fresh recently where nice. where he is quite charming until he is not you know right um but because i also this movie you know i think at the time they probably were like oh yeah like you know when a when a bromance goes too far no yeah. no no I think Chip is, he's pretty queer. Like, I think he, I think he, I I mean, he is interested in women because he does say that he, in this movie, I totally forgot the part where the karaoke jam, Heather, is a, was a sex worker. Yes. That Chip hired a week before the party, Mm -hmm. slept with her to make sure she was a good sex worker. Oh, man. And then ha- and then got and that. then and then he got tested. Let let Stephen know that he was clean and that she was also clean. Interesting. So he he told Heather or he told Stephen, "Hey, I test drove this uh, sex worker to make sure it was good enough for you." Yeah. Only a good friend would do that. That's true. Totally forgot that he does that in this movie. But anyways, yes. So he is into women, but I think he's also into dudes. I don't know. Is Chip um a uh, a bisexual icon? Let us know. I don't know. Because he's um he's very um he, he he has no qualms of being very handsy in the basketball game. That's true. Um after the karaoke jam and the reveal that he also slept with uh Heather, um the at the after the karaoke jam he yeah. is uh cooking Steven eggs in That's in right. his sweatshirt. Polite. Yes, that and he cute. you know yeah. helped himself to um just spread so, a little bit of his cologne on it and everything um he the 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 nipple to the glass and the jail scene um One there's the a there, there's a lot of gayness going on what do you think chip top um, or bottom chip is a he, he's switching he's a switch hitter <laughs> he, he's switching like he, he he's a he's a definitely a giver but like he he also um he gives off some power bottom vibes as well so <laughs> he's he, he's going both ways um so i have fear um added because again like um fear is just like a yeah. stalker thriller and right. just so weird that they came out the same year um have that added to ingrid goes west um most recently mm-hmm. again like kind of one of those ones and like that one you know rides the line um better of like you know is ingrid really doing you know being that crazy and it's yeah. like well she is like yeah, later yeah. on but initially you know it's like very easy to like kind of see her side totally. a little bit and it's like you know that reflection of the on you know, the social media as well absolutely and um you know like that that feeling of like you know because i i have that feeling sometimes like there's people i follow on instagram i'm like 
you know what, this person seems really cool. You know, I bet if we were friends in real life, we'd be really good friends, <laughs> you know, like the, yeah. because we we present so much on social media. So it's like easy to see that. Sure. Um, and Ingrid Goes West um, definitely commits to going darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that movie, I still wish it was a little darker, but even but the endings are so similar. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like at For the sure. end, like neither one of them learns their lesson right. you know, with like Chip in the helicopter. Like, oh, am I your buddy? And then like yeah. at the end. When Ingrid sees this, that she does go viral at the end of the yeah. movie, she doesn't learn a thing right, from right. anything. Exactly. So I have those two. Um, they're added together in parentheses, and then parentheses to the power of neighbors. Um, the Seth Rogen and Zac Efron uh, vehicle from 2014. Okay. Um, because again, it's like so I see shades of. Um, the listener can't see it, but I'm giving a very <laughs> bewildered look. I'm like, okay, I see shade. I this? see shades of um, of uh, Jim Carrey's performance in Zac Efron. Okay, in the later half of that movie, because like again, it's like they start off and they are like best friends. They're like partying together. And yeah, they're, like getting along, and and it's like once um Zac Efron's character gets betrayed, that's when he starts sabotaging and fucking with them and yeah. everything. Right, and uh, there's there's a scene. And this is always the scene that I like that I think of whenever I'm like, I want Zach Efron in a real horror movie. Like, yeah, we got the Ted Bundy thing, but like, yeah, I want him in like, I want him to get fucking weird. Yeah. Because there's a scene in Neighbors where he is, um, he, it's at when he sees his best friend cheat on him or whatever. Yeah. And then like, so it's like, he's just like pissed at everybody and it's all neon mm-hmm. and his eyes are glowing and he's like fucking freaking out. Yeah. And like, um, He's like, like, there's this like fucking chaos in Zac Efron's eyes, and I'm like, oh shit, like, yeah, he can be really scary. Um, so just like in the dynamic of this, like, you know, um, you know, bromance that goes sour sure. type of thing, yeah. Um, it kind of, I would say, puts them on kind of similar wavelengths to where it's like they're pretty much the same thing. So it's yeah. like it's a it's a power. So it's the the exponent. Very nice. Yeah, I, I can see you You kind of touched on a lot of the bases of this movie uh, as far as like the, the stalker angle, the social media angle, and then kind of the the bizarre comedic kind of menace of Jim Carrey in this movie. I tried to do something a little similar. Uh, I took, so I have the first set of parentheses. I've got two parentheses. So in the first set, I've got Strangers on a Train plus uh, f- Fade to Black. Strangers on a Train, one of my favorite Hitchcock mm-hmm. movies kind of just about this guy who's on a train talking to another person and just kind of shooting the shit, just kind of casual talk. And it eventually uh, evolves into this person being like, it seems like we have similar problems going on in our life. (laughs) What if I just killed the people that were uh, causing you problems? And Mm. he's just like, what? And then throughout the rest of the movie just kind of stalks this guy. Then I added fade to black, which I've mentioned before on this show, but it's about this person who is inspired and kind of defines themselves as what they see on TV and what they see in movies and how it kind of just molds their personality into what you, the, the character that you see before oh, you. That one's older, right? Yeah. 80s. All of these movies came out, okay. I believe before uh, this movie, except for maybe the last one. So, um, oh, okay. I know the fade to black you're talking about. Yeah. So I have that in the first set of parentheses and then a bigger set of parentheses i have multiplied by the burbs the joe dante movie and that's purely because of vibes like they give off a very similar kind of cartoon colorful weird kind of nightmare uh kind of energy to that to where there's this this kind of just kind of just purely vibes no no plot no deeper meaning no performances just vibes um so you have got the burbs and then divided by billy madison 
Um, and I think so. Now this is my my yeah. eyebrows moment. Um, I think Adam Sandler gives a very similar performance to Jim Carrey in this movie, to where they're both this these weird socially inept man child uh, kind of kind of energy. And I think honestly, Jim Carrey in this movie and and Billy Madison and Adam Sandler, you could honestly switch uh, switch those, and I think the performances could still be the exact same, just maybe do different things. So I think of like Billy Madison in the scene to where he's like talking to the swan in the bath tub could easily be chip like a hundred percent they're kind of the same energy there so oh i i was thinking it the other way around okay. I, I i would kind of love to see adam sandler as the cable guy that's what i'm saying <laughs> you could completely flip-flop him and i think that the, the movies would be very similar so yeah purely adam sandler's performance i think jim carrey kind of reaches a similar level to that so again tried to cover the the stranger stalker who just takes it a little bit too far the the how media can kind of mold who we are plus just the kind of the vibes of this movie because it's very distinct and then jim Mm -hmm. carrey's pretty bonkers man child kind of cartoonish performance which i think adam sandler also has so it's a complicated problem my most complicated mass problem to date but i think it makes sense i love it the algebra checks out everything's balanced on both sides thank you Um, it it checks out um and and it answers your question from like at the very beginning you were like you know who who else would have been big enough to fill his shoes it would have been adam sandler because that's who i always think of as like in the at the height of the 90s and stuff like it was like them two back and forth like just hit bam hit yeah yeah and like they just like went back and forth they were such juggernauts back then i mean and they are are still both legends for um, sure for sure and and again adam sandler too give us a real horror movie i mean we got Mm. hotel transylvania (laughs) obviously devon yeah come on that's a real horror movie yeah uh (laughs) i'm trying to think yeah because like i like when sandler goes weird and goes like a little bit more dramatic apparently the next safety brothers movie is gonna be real real crazy or something i got hope Adam Sandler, Hubie Halloween. There you go. That's, oh yeah, that's we his. do we do have Hubie Halloween, but no, <laughs> give me give me something weird. Yeah, give I'd, me, be, I'd be there for it. I mean, Grown Ups too is its own kind of horror movie in a way, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm still glad uh, that we took a look at this one for sure. Um, I think because it it, yeah. it is like just I don't know. It's a it's an anomaly. Yeah, it totally fits within this category. Of there's just like a couple of components missing. I think you and I kind of took similar yet different routes to answering this question, but. I think uh, all of us unanimously will agree that the movie that we're talking about next week is like, oh no, this is this is kind of the answer to this question. We, oh yeah, yeah we already kind of uh, spoiled it earlier, but uh, Shiva Baby up next week. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And um, but yeah. So in the meantime, what are you working on? Um, I have got uh, some uh, YouTube stuff cooking up. Going to be seeing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in about two hours from now. Um, I've got a review coming on the way for that. Also, uh, published a new horror TikTok. I should send that over to you and you could amplify that a little bit. Just uh, some movies that are now on streaming as of the month of May that are some uh, recommendations that you should be checking out. Uh, but all of that stuff, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, YouTube is just at Garrett McDowell. Also, if you want some more genre stuff, I've got a Scum and Villainy Star Wars podcast that you guys uh, should check out. Just published a big two-hour-long May the 4th Be With You episode. Uh, so busy, got a lot of stuff cooking, but what about you, buddy? Um, I'm not really doing too much right now. Still got a busted laptop, so I can't really like make <laughs> stuff at the moment, which kind of bums me out. Hey, but. they probably made this movie without a laptop, so... That's true. Do I just go analog? Exactly. Go, <laughs> go, uh, go right upon shop and... Uh, get you kick it old school yeah 
Um, yeah, not really working on too much, but hey, it's my birthday month, so I, hopefully I, I'll treat myself to a new laptop at the end of the month, and Very I'll nice. be I'll be back to doing some things. So Very nice. just uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, underscore Daddy Disco. Um, make sure if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, write us a nice little review. That's we would right. love to hear from you. We'll uh, read it out loud. Live what on you, air. Live on the air. What do you guys think about uh, this could be horror theme? Um, I'm really loving these conversations so far. Yeah. Um, the ones that we're talking. Mm-hmm. But that will go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so make sure you're subscribed and do not miss an episode. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Bloody Blunts Pod. And until next time, guys, stay lifted.